Today, Jesus continues to illustrate what he is all about, what his kingdom is all about. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Who's this father, the king, and who's the son? Well, God the Father is this king, and he is holding this wedding banquet feast for his son, Jesus. And from the beginning of time, God the Father has been preparing this banquet, getting it ready. And it's with the incarnation, with Jesus coming into the world, that now finally the feast is ready. We see that there are people who were initially invited who didn't respond. These are the Israelites, the people of the Old Covenant. We see that in Jesus' ministry, that they were resistant to Jesus' words, and it was the sinners and the tax collectors who responded and were listening to Jesus. But it's also the case that we aren't just the guests invited to this feast, but we are actually part of the bride. The church is the bride of the bridegroom, Christ. We are invited into this wedding banquet covenant with Jesus Christ. I wish to focus my words mainly on this interaction between the king and this guest at the end. The guy who doesn't have the wedding garment on and therefore who is kicked out. If you're like me, at some point we all felt like we were not adequately dressed for something. (laughs) Um, I always like to be overdressed versus underdressed, especially when you're underdressed, you really kind of feel (laughs) awkward um, at times. But I don't think any of us, hopefully, were actually kicked out from any sort of event because of how we were dressed. It's pretty harsh of this king to do that. I mean, maybe this guy just didn't have enough money to wear anything nice, or maybe his clothes were dirty and... That's all he had, so shouldn't the king be a little bit more understanding? We have mystery novels and we have mystery movies and shows, and a lot of times to solve it, you need to know one particular clue. You need to know something that isn't quite apparent. And to understand this situation, we need to understand what weddings were like in the time of Christ. At the time of Christ, each person didn't go out to the shop and get their own dress or tuxedo or suit, right? You just showed up, and they had wedding garments for you. They were free. They were offered to anyone who was invited. And so this guy, he shows up, and instead of wearing one of the wedding garments that was provided for him, he resists it, and he rejects it. And therefore, the king is rightfully just to kick the guy out. He's not following the rules. He's not wearing what he was given to wear. This wedding garment symbolizes Christ's teachings, his authority, that we have to be obedient to him. You have to put on the wedding garment to enter the wedding banquet. This is a very timely gospel in our world today especially with the synod on synodality taking place in Rome. The church is wrestling with it, this question of what does it mean to be welcoming and inclusive as a church? We must always reach out 
to everyone with a spirit of invitation. We should always treat everyone, no matter their background, ethnicity, or how they identify, with respect and dignity. The Church must always listen with pastoral attention to the concerns of all peoples. But it doesn't mean that the Church should never challenge people or call them to deeper conversion. It doesn't mean we condone all behavior and lifestyle choices. It doesn't mean we abandon our own identity and teachings so as to accommodate everyone. You have to put on the wedding garment to enter the wedding banquet. People twist Jesus' words, what he said and what he did, to say that Jesus welcomes everyone and there's no need to change. You can just keep doing what you want. We know this is not true because our relationship with Jesus isn't on our own terms, it's on Jesus' terms. It's especially in regards to matters of sexual morality and marriage. Everyone, no one is excluded. Everyone is obliged to live the virtue of chastity. Everyone has the same standards. No sexual activity unless you are married. You have to put on the wedding garment to enter the wedding banquet. Yes, Jesus, he ate. He drank with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. But he never allowed them to stay where they were. He called them out of that state of sin to live the good life of virtue and holiness. Jesus' unconditional welcome and invitation was always accompanied with the call to conversion. Consider the woman at the well the woman caught in adultery, Zacchaeus, or the rich young man, and we could go on and on. Jesus' first words in Mark's gospel were, repent and believe in the gospel. And he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect. He calls the imperfect, and he perfects us. We just have to commit to him, to try to live the good life he calls us to. Again, you must put on the wedding garment to enter the wedding banquet. So what does it mean to enter or be invited to this wedding banquet here today? After all, in a little bit, I will say, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper, the wedding banquet of the Lamb because we know there are rules to receiving Holy Communion. It means you're a practicing Catholic going to Mass every Sunday and not aware of any serious sin. You must be in a state of grace. I wish to address maybe a couple objections to that rule or understanding. First, there is the objection, well, Jesus ate and drank with sinners, right? So everyone should get to receive the Eucharist. But we know the Eucharist is not ordinary food. It is Jesus. And the meaning of receiving Holy Communion is not the same meaning of eating, but the meaning of receiving Holy Communion is the meaning and symbolizing of the marital act between a husband and wife. In fact, consider the Last Supper. It was at the Last Supper when Jesus gave communion for the first time. But it wasn't just anyone at the Last Supper. It was Jesus' most intimate friends, 
those who are committed to following him. In the same way that you are here today, you aren't just anyone, my brothers and sisters. You are the intimate friends and companions and disciples of Jesus Christ. Not everyone can receive communion. You must put on the wedding garment. Pope Francis has famously said, the Eucharist isn't a prize for the perfect, but a generous medicine for the weak. I hope, I think many of you have heard that. The Eucharist isn't a prize for the perfect, but a generous medicine for the weak. And so a number of people will say, well, this means everyone should be able to receive Holy Communion. Yes, it is true. We do not have to be perfect. (laughs) Please, God, we don't have to be perfect. Otherwise, I couldn't receive Holy Communion. But we must be in a state of grace. We must be spiritually alive. And unless you are living the life of a faithful Catholic, you may be spiritually dead. That's what confession does. We can go from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. Just have the eyes of faith to see it. It's like the father of the prodigal son. Remember, he says to the older son, this son of ours we must celebrate because he was dead, but now he is alive. Consider again that analogy that our Holy Father uses. He speaks of the Eucharist as medicine, which it truly is. But just as normal medicine, you must be alive for medicine to help you, right? Medicine does not help a dead person. The same thing spiritually. We must be spiritually alive for the Eucharist, the spiritual medicine, to help us. If we are spiritually dead, the Eucharist does nothing. St. Claude de Colombier, he was the French Jesuit priest who was the spiritual director of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, the one who gave us the devotion of the Sacred Heart. And he said this about Holy Communion. He said, quote, If you are sinful, meaning if you are separated from God in a state of sin, repent so that you can communicate often. If you are imperfect, go often to communion so that you may amend your faults. He goes on to say, he says, I began to amend my life by frequenting Holy Communion after having tried every other way and failed. When I went rarely to Holy Communion, I had no end of bad habits and imperfections that appeared to me insurmountable. I uprooted these by multiplying my communions. St. Claude de Colombier said, It is by going to communion often that we become more and more perfected. Another call to go to communion, go to Mass during the week if you can. It is through Holy Communion that we are perfected. So my friends, God the Father is is inviting everyone to the wedding banquet of his Son in which we are not just guests, but we are part of the covenant. But we must put on our wedding garments. Our relationship with God is on his terms, not our own, and it requires our continual conversion. And we are invited to that wedding banquet here at this Mass through Holy Communion. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be in communion with Christ. And in fact, remember, it is the Eucharist that ultimately perfects us.